Well, welcome everybody. It's great to see all you guys out here in this beautiful day and uh, see more chairs coming in and more people flowing in. Great to have the folks that are watching online or listening online. Thanks for joining us this morning. Hey, um, if you were here last week, Sutton mentioned that we are doing a mini-series um, talking about healthy singleness. That was last week. And then this week is on healthy friendships. And then next week is on healthy families. And since Sutton did the first week, um, that left me to do the next two. And, and I'll be honest with you, when, when I looked at the topic and it's healthy friendships, I thought, I am the wrong guy for this. This is not my strength, and I feel very inadequate. Because if, if I'm honest with you, I don't think I've ever had a best friend, honestly. Like, I do not have a best friend now. And as I look back over my life, there were a couple guys that I thought, you know, maybe they were my best friends, but we are not in contact um, to this day. And so I wondered, have I ever had a best friend? And so am I the right person to speak to this? Um, I feel like I have a best friend in my wife, but um, there's just not a guy in my life that I would say he's my best friend. And so I share that with you, not so you're like, oh, that poor soul. You know, I'm not looking for you guys to start reaching out going, I'll be your friend. You know, like, don't text me, don't write me, don't. That's okay. Like, honestly, as I've been thinking about it, I'm not sure I want to invest the time and the effort into having a best friend. It, it requires a lot of you, doesn't it? And uh, I tend to be content with having lots of friends. Like, as I look out upon all of you guys, I feel like we're friends. I feel like um, if I need something, I can come to you, and, and most of you will probably respond. You know, I feel like you could come to me, and, and I will certainly be there for you. But um, as far as having a significant best friend, I, I don't know that I'm the right guy to speak to that. But um, yeah, I, I was thinking some of you spiritual people are probably like, this, this guy's got issues. Some of you guys are like, he needs healing prayer. We need to, somebody was like, uh, I think you have the spirit of rejection that you're dealing with in abandonment. I'm like, you're probably right. I've got issues. But you know what? I have come to realize too, like I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I think there are a lot of us here, and I know for a fact there are a lot of us here that feel like I don't have a friend. I, I don't have a significant friend. And I've heard from many of you over the years who have come to me, a, a lot of women in particular, with tears in their eyes saying, I, I just don't have a friend. And it breaks my heart when I, when I hear that. And then I look out upon all of you and I'm thinking so many of you guys are feeling the same thing. And you know what goes through my mind? Why don't you all just pair up? Like, make a friend, be a friend, and let's move on. You know, like, there, there are plenty of people here. Most people here are longing for a friend. You're in the same boat. So let's just learn what it means to be a healthy friend. So that's what we're going to do this morning. We want to look and see what Jesus and the Bible say about healthy friendships. Um, but... To, to lead into that, I want us to do a quiz because we've got a lot of kids in the, in the service today, and I think you guys are probably going to be better at this than the adults, right? Because you're still in that stage where you're, you're taking quizzes, right? So here's what I want you to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out a scenario. That's kind of like a situation, if you will. And I'm going to ask you, is this a, a, a sign of a healthy friendship or an unhealthy friendship? 
Okay, and if you think it's a healthy friendship, I want you to give like, like touch down. You know, can everybody do that? Can you put your arms up? So that means healthy friendship, all right? And now if it's an unhealthy friendship, I want you to give me one of those, a big X. Can you do that? All right, so is everybody ready? So I'm gonna ask you some questions, actually go over some scenarios. Here's the first one. Um, someone offers to help their friend practice with spelling words. Give me the sign. Healthy? All right, everybody got that. That's a sign of a healthy friendship, right? All right, you guys are getting 100 so far. Keep up the good work. All right, here's the second one. Someone lies about what they're doing when they don't wanna come hang out with their friend. Oh, that's an unhealthy friendship, right? All right, two for two. Third, it's always one friend who invites the other friend over to hang out. That's kind of unhealthy, right? Um, here's another one. Someone promises to be your friend if you bring them snacks from your house. Okay, we've got some people have issues in here. Um, I think that's an unhealthy friendship. Unless you're bringing me the snacks, then bring them on. All right, all right. <clears throat> Here, here's a good one. Your friend makes lots of mistakes when they're speaking in class, and you say to them, it's okay, we all make mistakes. That's a sign of a healthy friendship, right? Now, this one's tricky. You, you need to listen to this one. You told your friend you didn't think they were good enough to try out for the talent show. Oh, we got a mixed bag here, right? Some of you are like, no, that is an unhealthy friendship. And others are like, yes, that is a healthy friendship. Let me just tell you where I stand. I think what we see here is people that are high on truth and high on grace and mercy. That's what I see. You know, like, like have you, did you guys watch American Idol in the early days? Somebody should have told those people, you should not try out for this. You do not have the talent. But no, they said, oh yeah, you're gifted. And you get up there and they make a fool of themselves. So you figure out, is it this or that? All right, and then one last one. One friend talks about the other behind their back. That's an unhealthy friendship. You see, no matter what our age, we're making judgments about what is healthy and what is unhealthy with regard to our friendships. And again, we wanna look at what Jesus has to say and what the Bible has to say. So um, we're gonna begin there. I wanna begin with John chapter 15. This is Jesus's words. It says, greater love, this was Jesus saying, he said, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I've made known to you. Jesus was and is the ultimate friend. Jesus was and is the ultimate friend. He laid down his life for us. He laid down his life for you, and he laid down his life for me. He is the ultimate friend. And you know what I believe to be true? I believe that most, if not all of you here and those watching online would lay down your life for a friend. I bet you would do that. I bet you would do that. But I think Jesus is calling us to something even more difficult than dying on a cross. As awful and painful as that must have been. I think he's calling us to something even harder because even dying on a cross would be incredibly painful, but it would be over in a couple of days probably. But what I think he's calling us to do is to die daily, to die daily to ourselves and to live for our friends. And that's difficult to put aside your wants and to lift up 
your friend's needs. I think that's the kind of healthy friendship that he's calling us into. And so we want to look at that because here's the thing. Friendship's about sharing. Friendship is about sharing. Sharing one's life with another. Sharing life with another. So we want to look at what are some of the things that healthy friends and healthy friendships share. What are some of those things? So I want to look at six things that we share as healthy friends. Here's the first one. We share common interests common interests. So think about how we come together, how you made a friend, what draws you to a friend. It's typically a common interest. Maybe it's work. Maybe it's sports. Maybe it's school. Maybe it's, it's a certain thing that you are, are really passionate about. Um, maybe you have a common enemy, and that's what brings you together. Maybe, maybe it's social justice, and that's what, what brings you together. You have that common interest. Uh, I think about some of the old fellas here. You ever been by like McDonald's or Hardee's like seven o'clock in the morning, you see a bunch of old dudes sitting around drinking coffee? Sometimes I think it's like our common ailments that bring us together. You know, they're sitting around, you know, my arthritis, my that. You know, it could be anything. But there are common interests that tend to bring us together as friends. And, and I love um, as Jesus was, was reaching out and making some new friends. Remember how he would uh, appeal to these common interests? Remember when he called Andrew and Peter and James and John? These were four of his closest friends. And he appealed to a common interest that they had. See, these guys were fishermen. They were passionate about fishing. That's how they made their livelihood. And he said, hey, guys, I want you to go on a fishing adventure with me. But, but we're not going to fish for fish. I want you guys to join me. We're going to fish for people. And he connected with this common interest. See, that's something they shared together. So that's the first thing that healthy friendships share. Second is love. I think healthy friendships share love. Now, there are different forms of love, but I think there are two kinds of love that we all need to share in healthy friendships. The first one's called philia. Philia. And so that means it's a brotherly kind of love. It's a, a love where you have for another and you're willing to fight for them. You're, you're willing to die for them. That's what we're called to, this philia kind of, kind of love. But I also think we're called to this agape love, agape. And that is the highest kind of love. That is a God kind of love. That is a sacrificial kind of love. And 1 Corinthians 13 describes this love like this. It says, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it's not proud, it does not dishonor others, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And when you have this type of love, there's no greater love. And the bonds that are forged with that kind of love are so strong. And when you, you tie that kind of love with this common interest of faith and a love for Jesus, There is a depth of sharing that that comes forth from that, where you're willing to share your heart, you share your desires, you share your passions with somebody else. You're even willing to share your fears and your failures. It's this linking together of this common interest and this shared love. 
And that's what we see happening there. So we've got two things so far. So healthy friendships involve common interests and they involve love. The third thing is mentioned here in this chapter and it's trust. Healthy relationships share trust. Trust, trust is hard to gain, but it's easy to lose, isn't it? It's really hard to gain, but it's easy to lose. If you think about Jesus and his closest friends, um, one of his closest friends was a man by the name of, who can guess what his name was? Peter. Peter was, was one of Jesus' closest friends. And they had this bond, they had this trust with one another. I want you to hear what Peter said to Jesus. He said this, this is Mark chapter 14, verses 29 through 31. He said, even though they all fall away, I will not. Even though everybody else falls away, Jesus, I will not. And Jesus said to him, truly, I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, emphatically, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. If I must die with you, I will not deny you. That's the trust that Jesus and Peter had for one another. But a lot of you guys know the rest of the story, don't you? And what happened that night? Well, Peter ended up denying Jesus. He broke that trust. He broke that trust. And, and just like all of us, we all mess up from time to time. We all show ourselves not to be completely trustworthy. And that's where Jesus comes in. Because another thing that healthy friendships share is forgiveness. It's forgiveness because we all need forgiveness. And think about how powerful forgiveness is. Let's look again at what happened in the relationship between Jesus and Peter. This is in John chapter 21, verses 15 through 19. It said, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter. Now, just to make sure you understand what's happening, Jesus has died and he's already risen from the grave and he's gathered his friends together and he's specifically talking to Peter. And he says, Simon, son of John, remember that was Peter's um, given name and, and Jesus started calling him Peter, which means rock. He said, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord. He said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. He said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And he said to him, follow me. See, Jesus not only forgave him, but he restored his trust. He restored the trust that they had between the two of them. He said, I forgive you, Peter, but here's how much I trust you. Take care of our friends. 
I'm, I'm about to leave this earth and go back to heaven. I'm entrusting them to you. Take care of our friends. Take care of our friends. Healthy relationships share forgiveness. Another thing that healthy relationships and friendships share are resources. Resources. This is, this is our stuff. Um, we're, we're to be open-handed with one another. So whatever I have, it's, it's yours if you need it. And whatever you have, it's, it's mine if I need it. Right? And that's what we saw taking place in the early days of the church. In Acts chapter 4, it describes it like this in verses 32 through 35. It said, all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. There were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who had need. Now, that does not mean that all healthy friendships mean that we all share the same amount of stuff. But what it does mean is that we all have enough. We all have enough. And we make sure that nobody is lacking anything that they need. Healthy friendships share resources. And then the final thing that I want to point is healthy friendships share time. They share time. And as I've been thinking about this, I think this may be the critical piece and why so many of us feel like we don't really have a significant friend in our lives. It's because of time. We are some busy, busy people. And um, for us to have significant friendships and healthy friendships, it requires time and a lot of it, a lot of it. And whether we just don't have it or we're not willing to share it, that's what seems to be missing in a lot of our lives. You can't have healthy friendships without devoting a lot of time. And that means that it may not be convenient. Like if you're gonna be a good, healthy friend, that means you may be going over to a friend's house late at night as they're dealing with something that's really heavy on them, really something sad or difficult, and you just listen or you hold them or you cry with them as they share and they open up their heart to you. It is not always convenient. I remember um, a number of times in, in our lives where we've called on friends at an inconvenient time. Um, one that comes uh, to the forefront of, of, our, of my mind, at least, was uh, a number of years ago, we had left Pittsburgh to go to work for Church of the Holy Spirit, and we'd moved back to Roanoke, but we hadn't been able to sell our house in Pittsburgh, and we couldn't afford to rent an apartment, let alone buy another house here in Roanoke. And so... A friend of ours said, hey, why don't you just stay at our house at the lake? I'm like, done. <laughs> you are a good friend. And it was summertime. So we are living at the lake during the summer. And so I'm like, this is, this is awesome. Well, the, one of the downsides to the lake is that it, it's far from Roanoke. And, and late one night, so Carolyn, we, at that time we had three children and she was pregnant with our fourth, Lindsay. So we were just getting started with kids. And, the, uh, and it was late at night and something came over me. Like I was ill. I had so much pain. I, I had never experienced pain like this before in my life. And I, I took some 
some uh, aspirin or Tylenol or something, and it didn't even touch the pain. And then I, no matter what position I tried to get into, I could not be free of the pain. And so finally, it got so intense, I started throwing up. It was, just, anybody like been in that much pain where you throw up? It's awful, isn't it? So we realized we, we need to go to the hospital. So it's the middle of the night. We have three little children. And can you imagine going to the emergency room with three little children? Not much fun. So uh, we thought, well, who are we gonna call? And so Carolyn picks up the phone. And she dials up a dear friend of, her, of ours and uh, wakes her up, explains the situation to her, and, and just says, hey, would you mind if we bring the kids over to your house while we go to the hospital? And you know what she said? No. <laughs> she, seriously, she said no. I, I'm starting a new job tomorrow, and it's just not convenient. And Carolyn was like, okay, and hung up the phone. And then she's like, where do we turn now? Like, who are we going to call? And we thought of a new friend in our life, and her name was Linda Gooding. And so Carolyn picked up the phone and called Linda, who also had three little children of her own. And I'm sure she was sleep-deprived as we were. And, and Carolyn told her the situation, and Linda said, bring them over. Bring them over. And by the time we made it to her house, she had three little beds all lined up, and they were ready to just be brought in and snuggled up. What a friend that was. And I went to the hospital, found out I had a kidney stone, and that was that. But um, anyhow, time. Time is important. Healthy friendships require time. The degree to which you share with one another will determine the depth of your friendship. The degree to which you share with one another will determine the depth of your friendship. The greater the sharing, the greater the friendship. The greater the sharing, the greater the friendship. Now, some of you may be sitting here today or, or you're watching or listening online and you're thinking, I want that. I, I want that kind of friendship that you're describing. How do I get it? And, and here's my advice to you. If you want a healthy friend, you need to be a healthy friend. If you want a healthy friend, you need to be a healthy friend. You see, because we're all insecure. We're all insecure. We're all insecure. I want you to hear this, that we are all insecure. And that the people around you who look to be the most secure typically are the most insecure. They just have, have come up with a way of masking that, and they're fooling you. Those are some insecure people. We're all insecure. And, and a lot of times, as, especially in a, in a room or a, whatever we call this, pavilion like this, and you look around and, and you think, everybody here has friends, I'm sure. I'm sure everybody else here has a, has a best friend. I'm probably all alone. I'm probably the only one who doesn't. But you're not. You're not. And so we get this self-talk going, this negative self-talk, and, and we're talking to ourselves going, and who would want to be my friend? I mean, why would they want to be my friend anyhow? And, and so... I think those are just lies. They're lies that we have been believing. We all need friends. We all need friends. Now, sometimes those friends may not look like you think they should look. You know, as I look over my life, some of my dearest friends are people that are much older than I am, if you can even believe that. 
And some of my dearest friends are people that are much younger than me. And you know what makes those friendships so healthy and sweet? It's because we share this common love of Jesus. And, and he brings us together. And so sometimes those closest friends aren't the people that are your own age or your own stage. And here's the other reality. You may never have what we call a best friend, okay? Like you, you, you may never have what we call a best friend. But you have a best friend in Jesus. You have a best friend in Jesus, and he cares about your interests, and he is always ready to share, to share his love with you, to share his trust with you, to share his forgiveness with you, to share his resources with you, and to share his time with you. You have a best friend in Jesus. But here's the question. Are you willing to share with him? Are you willing to share those things with him? Let's pray. Dear God, thanks so much. Thanks for Jesus. Jesus, thanks for coming to just demonstrate your love and, and just the depth of that love that you have for us. Lord, thanks for laying down your, your life for us. Thanks for calling us friends, even when we haven't been terribly friendly to you or to one another. We pray that you would um, just help us to share more freely, to be healthy individuals who have healthy friendships. I thank you that it's possible, and I thank you for the incredible bond we have when we share a common faith in you. We pray now for all those that are feeling lonely or isolated, that they would just gain the courage to start being a friend to others. If we want healthy friendships, we need to be healthy friends. Help us to do that more and more and more. We thank you for your love and your friendship. We ask it all in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.